Every episode of The Angry Chicken is made possible by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash tag. For more of Jocelyn's content, check out jossplays.com. And if you can't get enough of Ridiculous Hat, follow him over on Twitter at Ridiculous Hat. The Angry Chicken is a production of A-Move TV. Time's up. Let's do this. You smell like a leopard gnome! I knew it! So hot! A podcast about Hearthstone and Battlegrounds. This is The Angry Chicken! I lost my button there for a second. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Angry Chicken. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ridiculous Hat. How are you doing this week, Hat? Oh, this show is going to be in rare form. For those of you that weren't here for the pre-show, there was a lot of chicken nugget discussion, and also, we don't know how to podcast. Don't know how to locally record. (laughs) Don't know how to change scenes. Don't really know how to do anything. Joss doesn't know how to stop being sick. She's mostly gotten there. We're working on that slowly. Almost, almost. I, I can see um, you on the stream now, so that's yes. we're making progress. I'm here this week. Hi, everybody. Hi, stream. Uh, yeah, it was uh, a really, really rough recovery for me, and uh, I'm most of the way there. Usually when I laugh, I devolve into a coughing fit, so I've made hat promise, no puns. And yet we had a ridiculous pun in the pre-show, of course. So, uh, yeah, it might just be a mess of a show tonight, but we'll see. We're also recording on a different night. We are recording on a Friday night uh, because of scheduling reasons this week. And uh, it's also much later. (laughs) We're starting so much later than normal. So I'm sure this is just going to be a total mess of a show, but it's going to be fun. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, uh, how has your week in Hearthstone been treating you? Uh, It was all right. It's I broke into the top 100 briefly on Friday-ish <gasps> with Enrage Warrior, and then I played a lot more, and then I'm not there anymore. But I had a good time, did some Enrage Warrior. There's like 12 different rogue decks right now, and I like like half of them, so I've been trying some of those out. They're hard, and also uh, sometimes it's there are a lot of bad matchups out there. You'll see a lot of screenshots <laughs> of rogue decks that look pretty wacky. Uh, but uh, having played a lot of that deck, it's not hard to beat it if you wanted to. I don't know. It's I I like this format. I think it's cool. I think it's still got some depth. I like a lot of what they did with it, but we're getting pretty close to the new thing, and the noise is hard to tune out right now about all the new things coming. So excited for that. But what? About, how's your gaming week been? Talk to me. Uh, it's been pretty good. I've been uh, frantically trying to finish my um, standard uh, tavern pass thingy, um, there's so, those, those portraits at the end are so good, but I like, I had a, a period where I wasn't playing much cause the COVID and, mm. uh, I couldn't even, well, like it, I literally like lost a month of my life where I was like finishing work and going to bed. Cause I was just so exhausted all the time. And I still have a little bit of that, but, um, it's only been the past week or so that I've been able to really get back into spending time in any games and um i i really like lost a whole bunch of weeks there where i wasn't doing my quests and now i'm like oh my god i have like seven levels left what if i don't make it because <laughs> we're coming up on expansion time <laughs> of a month you'll be okay i i hope so oh man if i don't get that sweet sylvanas portrait i'm gonna be oh, mad. It's so good but it's you know like hearing you talk i'm it's like i just um covid sounds not great 
Well, I mean, uh, it's different for everybody, obviously. But uh, yeah. It, so it is great for some people. Uh, uh, maybe I don't know, but it took I'm me a bet long against time. That. <laughs> I'm gonna call <laughs> betting against that. <laughs> Fair. But I'm glad you're feeling better. If you only have seven levels, you will. You, you, we got a, we got a, quite some time, at least a month. I would be very surprised if this, whatever this expansion is, came out before the last week of November. And most likely, it's been first week of December for literally years. For for five expansions in a row now? Yeah, that's fair. And I don't know why I have in my head that, like, the expansion's coming next week. Like, the announcement's coming next week. And we're going to talk about that in a second because there was a, a patch preview that was put up yesterday. So uh, we'll get to that in a moment. But before we do, I wanted to give a quick thank you to our patrons over at patreon.com slash tech. You guys have been awesome supporting us and uh, and being here for us every week. And so if you would also like to support what Ridiculous Hat and I do, you can head on over to patreon.com slash tech. You get access to our awesome discord and. And. We have something that is super cool that we oh, are doing yeah. next week. I forgot about yeah. this twice in 10 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, you look so confused and we just talked about this. <laughs> it, we talked about it 10 minutes ago and planned this earlier today. Yeah, we it would, there's a thing that's going to be for the patrons that we are doing. And it won't be patron only forever. But if you want that early access and you know you do, you're going to want to be a patron by Monday night. Mm-hmm. Perhaps even dun, Tuesday dun, dun, morning, dun. if you want to run it. Like, if yeah. you, want, you want to push the envelope. <laughs> I don't think that, that Hat really realizes that usually by the time he's doing stuff, it's the next day. <laughs> it's, it is not the next day until I either go to sleep or see the sunrise. <laughs> Fair. I've lived that life. There's some overlap in the middle there of those two things. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, by Monday or Tuesday next week, we'll have something super cool for the patrons over at patreon.com slash tax. So do go and support the show. Uh, that brings us to our news this week. Good news, everyone. We got a patch uh, preview, <laughs> not an actual patch patch, just a, just a blog post. But uh, it is previewing everything that is coming in patch 24. Point six, which is our pre-patch to the next expansion, which will be 25. Very exciting times. It's previewing at least some stuff. Yes. I don't, I don't know if this ever... This is a, a weird article. Yes. Have they ever done a patch notes notes before? Like, we've gotten announcements of announcements, but it's like a tweet or something. This is an article um, with stuff in it. Saying this is going to like we're going to announce stuff and also here's some stuff that we're going to do. We're not giving you the details, but we're giving you notes on the notes. I don't remember this ever happening before. (laughs) I feel like uh, the only time we've gotten patch previews like this before would be when we're getting a major feature that is not in like an expansion patch. So I feel like. Mercs would have had a post like this, right? Because that wasn't in a point oh patch. That was well, that was a point uh, something else patch. That was a point four. <laughs> Mercs was point four. Yeah, so I think we had like a whatever point four patch preview because mercenaries was coming. But there's right. no big okay. huge new mode in in here. 
Um, the the patch 24.6 preview did include an announcement of the next expansion, uh, which is coming Tuesday, November 1st at 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, that will be streamed on Twitch and there will be drops. So uh, I think it said it's it's supposed to be a pretty short stream. Um, I think it's a, a 30 minute announcement. But if you do watch the announcement stream, then uh, you will get a Castle Nathria pack. So, you know, for spending 15 minutes with the Hearthstone team over on Twitch, then uh, gets you a pack. That's a pretty sweet deal. Um, so then uh, other than the announcement stream, uh, they also mentioned that well, Hallow's End. Hold on oh, sorry. Okay, real, we have more to talk about. Second. You want to want to talk about this again? More? I mean, <laughs> a little bit more. Um, reveals of expansions are usually a YouTube trailer for two minutes. This is a thirty-minute announcement with drops and next expansion and more. Maybe this is me reading too much into things, but they didn't do this for Nathria. They didn't do this for Voyage. They didn't do this for Alterac. So on and so forth. They don't do. 30 minute reveal streams if it's just cards well and uh, chat room uh, mad arms right now is is pointing this out um and this is when we would normally in the before times have had a blizzcon so we absolutely huh. have had 30 to 60 minute expansion reveals in the past they've been on stage at blizzcon <laughs> now so. i'm sad <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> so last year we got mercs in 2020 mm-hmm. we got duels in 2019 we got bgs mm-hmm. so the past three years have been modes i don't think this is a mode so what would I they agree have, with that <laughs> what, yeah like they have they have too many modes they have too it's, maybe the yeah. announcement is they're removing some modes like it's, <laughs> rip arena <laughs> it's like i i would have said rip mercenaries but they actually updated the mode in this article so i don't know mm-hmm. this seems like more than just cards yeah, I think that that's that's fair. I mean, unless we're getting a like giant dump of cards, which again, at BlizzCon, that's what would happen is, you know, we would get a good 15 to 20 cards at BlizzCon because, again, they had, you know, 30 to 60 minutes to fill when talking about the expansion and the new uh, whatever the new mechanic happened to be. So I think it's fair to say that if this is how they would do it at BlizzCon, maybe that's the reason they're just like, hey, this is what we would normally do. We miss it. Let's do it. Um, So I don't don't know. I think it could go either way. It could be something it could be something big or it could be just, you know, like we're going to give you a whole bunch of cards. It's not just going to be a quick like trailer. Yeah, which I'm I'm down with. I mean, I, I miss the BlizzCon presentations. Those were also always super fun. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever it is anyways. It will be 30 minutes long. So yeah, you're right. It sounds like they've got something special to show us. Um, that was the amount of time they needed to explain how Galakrond worked anyways. So like that was DOD, like you need 30 (laughs) minutes to talk through what invoke means. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Hallow's End is also coming with a 24.6 and this is probably going to be part of the stream on Tuesday, I would think. But they teased a return of some old fan favorites. So this sounds like another event. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit uh, about what we think that might be in, in the section after the patch preview, because um, we did cover the D 
the the Death Knights. I would like my brain was like totally rewired between saying Death Knight and DK there, and it just broke. Um, so Death K. <laughs> Yeah, the death case. The knight, the D knights. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so yeah, the uh, we did talk about the D knight theory last uh, last show. <laughs> I'm just gonna update the title now and save us all some time. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I almost made hat choke. <laughs> Hashtag worth. Uh, but yeah, so we did talk about the death knight uh, kind of leak slash theories last time. But we uh, have a really cool Twitter thread we're gonna talk about in a bit. Um, and I think that kind of ties into the Hallow's End event. And so we're going to we're going to talk about that later. But uh, there is there is an event happening. And I'm stoked that the Hallow's End event seems to be a little more than it has been in the past, because, I mean, I really like when Hearthstone does events in game that tie into like specifically events in Warcraft and so like you know the in Warcraft they've got an event every couple months so there's like Noble Garden for Easter and Hallow's End for Halloween and then Winter Vale which we've also seen in Hearthstone a couple times so I I really like those events when they're when they happen in games so I'm I'm a big fan of when Hearthstone does big things at the same time so um Hallow's End event is coming and then we got some random Battlegrounds cosmetic rewards news. <laughs> like it's this is a weird it's article. Weird. It's a weird <laughs> article of like so what I've read over this article a bunch of times. Uh I think they put a lot of econ stuff just like got like pre uh, pre mitigated the rage. By letting people get mad ahead of time. And I don't even think this is a bad okay, deal. Are people, I was going to say, so are people ragey about this? Because I looked at this and I had to try to figure it out. And it, it took a few minutes to wrap my head around it. And the only reason that I kind of sort of understood it at first glance is because I'm playing Disney Dreamlight Valley. I love that game. Don't judge me. And they have like an event screen that looks just like this with cosmetics that you unlock. It's not random. Hearthstone's is random because, of course, it's Hearthstone and that's just how it is. But um, they do the thing where you can see all the things you can earn in the event and you can pick and choose which ones you earn. And so that's what this instantly reminded me of was Dreamlight Valley. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, wait, but I have to get a hammer. Why? (laughs) So this is a crane game. Because you can see all the stuff. There is, yes, you can. There are 10 wiggling squares that are encased in some pink stuff. There's a big hammer on the right. And it's it's 10 cosmetics. And these are like, these are solid cosmetics. There are emote bundles. There are portraits. But there's a legendary strike and a legendary board. The total cost to get everything, in addition to your time, is 1,000 runestones or 10 US dollars. So legendary boards are in the shop right now for 20 bucks. For one legendary yeah. board, that's it by itself. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that you can argue it's a bad value in terms of what they're charging in the shop and what you get in this pass. Like, yes. if you pay $10, you're getting a lot for your money. Um, again, based on what they charge in the shop, it's up to you personally to decide if you think that, a you know, a board is worth $20, you know, but that is the value they have assigned. Therefore, $10 for even just the board is half off. And then you get nine other things, too. So I think the value proposition here is high. Yes. So mechanically speaking, let's talk about just how does this thing work? Because it's a it's very strange. It, this is functionally a bonus season pass 
that has a shorter window when you have to buy up front. It's not retroactive. You can't go back like it because the way it works is there are 10 items. You get one hammer for free. Everybody gets a hammer for free. Everybody. Yeah. Regardless of purchasing, every single Hearthstone player gets gets a hammer. Yeah. So you use the hammer to smash something and you get what's inside the thing you smash. It's, it's you're reaching inside the bag. You're pulling out one of 10 things. Yeah, it's random because you can't like direct your hammer. You can't for free get the legendary board guaranteed. <laughs> it seems unsafe. I would want OSHA to know about this, that you can't direct what you're hitting. Like it's, <laughs> I feel like that should be regulated. But anyways, so everyone, no matter what, you don't have to spend a dime. Every single person gets a free hit with the hammer. But that's only for one of the 10 items, totally random. Mm-hmm. If you spend that $10 or 1,000 rune stones, I said both. Because you can buy just straight up spend money on this. You don't have to use runestones. It is both real money and runestones. If you were morally opposed to runestones and you want to spend real money, you can do that. It's whatever. I would like to say just before we get too far, because I do want to talk about morally opposed to runestones for a second, because we don't know, like right now, they they basically said when they rolled out runestones that some things will remain purchasable with real money for now. So we don't necessarily know when that's going to be runestones only. And this is one of those things that when they're offering it for runestones and money, I'm assuming that at some point the and money is going to go away. But I have not purchased runestones since I got to the point where I had an awkward balance and I got really mad about it. And now I've seen other stuff I want to buy. And every time I open my client and I see this weird balance, I'm like, no, (laughs) for the principle of the thing, I don't need the cosmetic. I'm so mad at the system. I'm not doing it. (laughs) It's so my small little runestone rant on the side. (laughs) I'm glad you shared it. It's in, in recent Reddit comments. I have been called a blizzard apologist and show. This is not new description of of me enjoying a game that I choose to play, uh, which is what's happening, by the way. If I didn't enjoy the game, I wouldn't play it. But listeners, you all know this. You're all here because you agree with us. But um, no matter how positive you think I am about the game, even I can't spin runestones well right now because, like, I just (laughs) wanted to just throw $2 at something and get it. And outside of the portraits buried in the battleground shop— Everything is still bundled, and there were multiple things I would have still bought with runestones, like all of the food hero portraits, but I needed to spend 20 bucks and get class packs, and I don't want that. So I skipped a bunch of food portraits, which physically hurt me. But <laughs> Of all the portraits, those had hat written all over them. The only one that did. would be more hat are Daryl things because of the literal hats. <laughs> which is the only thing I bought with runestones. The literally only thing is the Dar- <laughs> delivery Daryl because I could not resist. I'm weak. But... <laughs> Even I can't spin this positively because the whole point of... We talked about this last week. I'm repeating yeah, myself. Yeah, we did. Yeah, Just, yeah. Uh, 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 Blizzard, let me be nicer to your shitty system. So, okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, so you can use a 1,000 runestones or $10 right now for this bash. Because that's what it, I don't know if we correct. even said. It's called the Battlegrounds Bash. Is The the, the bashing is the thing you do with the hammer. You, yeah, you, it's you the, bash the hammer. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. To recap, everyone gets one hit for free. If you buy it, then you get two more hammers right away, so that means there are seven things less in the shop. How do you earn these things? You get top fours. Every top four you get after you buy it gives you another hammer. So it's not it's not retroactive. You have to buy it up front and then get seven top fours in probably, I assume, a month until 25.0. So I'm assuming it is basically a mini battle pass for 10 bucks for 10 things, and you have to play in order to get it. That means it's not going to be a good value if you wait then there's a good chance of missing some stuff unless you jam a ton of BGs. But if you think cosmetics are valuable, 
this is a good deal, and all you have to do is play the mode that you should theoretically already be playing, because otherwise, why would you value BG's cosmetics if you don't play BG's? In addition, I want to point out, all the people that were mad at the last battle pass said, I only care about the hero selection, they should just separately monetize cosmetics. Here we are. <laughs> we did it. It's here. This is just cosmetics. If you don't care about cosmetics, just put your hand over the screen and skip ahead 30 seconds you're, in the podcast. Yeah, you don't need to know about this if you don't care. Yep. <laughs> Use your free hammer. There's no reason not to. Use your free hammer and then just live your life. I definitely am going to do this. I'm going to buy it with real money while I still can, but I am definitely going to do this because I, like I just said, am a huge fan of Hallow's End, of Halloween, of Christmas, and all the in-game events that go along with those things. So, I mean, like, I am I am going to get this. That, look at that little pumpkin. I don't even know what that board looks like, and I don't care, because look at that little pumpkin. It's, I just I, want it. <laughs> I want, yeah, I want it too. I might I might buy this. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to buy it too, because I'm still playing a lot of BGs. And I also, I want to point out, I love that in the article it says... Everyone gets a holiday treat whether they want to participate or not, and those who do buy entry need seven top four finishes to get all ten prizes. They could not have been more clear. You mm -hmm. need seven top fours to get all ten prizes. It says it right here. There's no way to miss it. It's You're not just buying it and getting it all right away. This is a season pass, but they tell you what yeah. you need to do, and seven top fours, there's no first place required. Right. Which, which I think is very doable. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that have this like <laughs> within the first couple of hours of release. So, um, yeah, I think this is this is doable, achievable. We don't know. They didn't actually say how long it's going to take or how long it's going to be around. Right. We're just assuming that it's about a month. Yeah, I am assuming that it is between 0.6 going live and 25.0 going live. I'm assuming that as yeah. soon as the next patch goes live then this goes away. But that is an assumption. They didn't tell us. They did say yeah. very clearly, it, available for a limited time as a collection, the items within each Battle Bash may be offered again at a later time. So it's not exclusive, but for now, it is these 10 things. And it, when we say random, it's a random look in the, in the bag, but everybody gets the same bag. It's the same 10 items for everybody. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's the Battlegrounds Bash. And I did put, so there's a, there's talk about the Mercenaries um, rework. And so I put this in here because I know we don't normally talk about Mercenaries, but this rework is something that I know was going to potentially bring you back into Mercenaries. So I wanted to mention it and talk about it because it does seem like for those people who engage with the Mercenaries system, it seems like a lot of really good changes and also changes that may potentially kind of it, it almost feels like catch up mechanics. So um, basically, so it's a task rework and a new renown system. So the task rework, um, those were the things just for I'm, I'm saying this for my benefit as much as yours, guys, because um, I have not been in mercenaries since launch week. So um, just as a kind of refresher again, because we don't talk about mercenaries all the time here. Um, the tasks are the things that were on the board by the campfire. So that was like stuff that you could do to level up your mercenaries, correct? Yeah, it's there. There's equipment unlocks based on them. And also there's currency rewards based on them. And there was the campfire would give you it. Originally, it was four tasks a day and that was it. And if you wanted more, you had mm. to go farm them through a random event that occurred on maps. And it was, like, soul-deadeningly dull. <laughs> it was, it was like, to get to be competitive in PvP, you had to play 
uh, the second map in the first area on Heroic over and over again just for the chance of rolling Mysterious Stranger to get more tasks. It was terrible. <laughs> so it's now not going to be terrible because all tasks are going to be available at all times and you will progress your tasks based on the mercs that you're using in your party. So the six characters that you're bringing with you while you're doing mercenary things are going to determine what uh, quest chains you're on or task chains that you're on and you can progress up to six of them at once because there's one for each of your characters. So as long as you are playing with mercenaries in your party who still have room to level up or still have unfinished uh, unfinished task chains, then you can make progress on all of them at the same time. So again, very, very much like a catch-up mechanic. This makes me look at it and go, oh, okay, so there's a whole bunch of stuff I can do all at the same time, and it's maybe not quite as grindy as it was the last time I played. Again, what, a year ago? Two years ago? How long has Mercenaries been around? One year. A year? Okay, one year. Yes. Feels like so long. <laughs> it's been a, It's been quite a year. It's been quite a two years, but the last year was one of them, so sure. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so that change has been made to the tasks themselves, but the, the system that I know Hat was speaking to specifically that might bring him back to Mercenaries is the what they've now called the Renown system. So this is totally new. This is the system where you can exchange your coins. So that was uh, the coins are what you use to level up your mercenaries. So once you were getting coins for mercenaries that were maxed, you had nothing to do with them. So now you can take those coins and you can change them into renown. And then you can use your renown to buy coins for other mercenaries that aren't maxed yet. And those are going to be available at the campfire. Um, they are going to be tied to a daily reset. So you can't just take your renown and exchange it directly for exactly what you want right away. You might have to wait for the daily reset to cycle through until the mercenary that you want the coins for shows up. But um, it is something that is now going to be available to you to have something to do with your coins. So is this everything you hoped it would be, Hat? <laughs> so I think the it's uh, excess coins has been like, a long time coming. And looking at this implementation, I think what I said about this on one of my podcasts, probably Coin Conceit, probably not this one, because <laughs> I wouldn't talk about Mercs here too much. We but, talked about it a couple times, but it's probably a safe bet it was on Coin Conceit. <laughs> yes. Um, is that, like, what I said was, when we see the excess coin solution, it better be clear that they had a reason for waiting this long. And I kind of see it here, because this is not globally converting all of your max coins instantly into wildcard coins you can spend wherever you want. And you're not going to instantly max a brand new Merc on in 10 minutes because on you have all these alone, excess coins. Yeah. yeah, you get a fixed amount of trade-outs randomly determined per day. It is way better than what we have now because they do something instead of not something, which is nothing. Uh, so something is better than nothing. And this will get you there faster, but it won't like do it for you. But if, you, if you're playing mercs, you have to like leveling and grinding at some part of your being, because otherwise you don't play mercs. So if yeah. you like leveling and grinding and a bit of the time investment, you need something like that. And also, the economy of the mode has been defined. You can't devalue the whole thing right away by saying, oh yeah, all those excess coins, you just have money now. It wouldn't make sense. So I follow why this was a bit complex. In terms of impact, these two changes together 
are probably fundamentally equivalent in standard of introducing core over classic and giving it to everyone for free and introducing dupe protection at the same time. I would say it is that impact combined, huge, huge deal. Mercs was a mode at its design was full of exit points. It was meant to reward grinding, but what that meant is that it punished any kind of disengagement. And that's the part that they have worked on. They let you, they unlocked all the levels in all the areas so that you can do task chains easily. They changed the task from you, whenever you have a task chain, you just get to progress the whole thing to now you can progress every task chain all at once. They fixed the max coin thing. They've done a lot here just to make it so that when you get overwhelmed coming back to Mercs, you don't quit. You just keep playing. Because I came back a few times and after doing one or two tasks, I'm like, my Mercs aren't leveled up. The new ones are terrible because I don't have anything for them. I'm just going to quit. Man, I, I will never, ever, ever forget bouncing how hard I bounced off Mercs when they brought out that TG and I was so excited. I was like, you know what? This is this looks really cool. The artwork on this is awesome. I don't even know what TG does. I just want to go and participate in this event. And I got into Mercs and it was like, you cannot participate in this event. And I was like, you couldn't do anything. I'm gone. You had to spend 10 (laughs) hours to not be good enough. That was what they were asking. They were asking you to spend like, you had to catch up every single day in order to fail the bounty. Like that was what they wanted. (laughs) So the question I have is, if this is the level of impact of these changes, which I think it is, why is this in the small stuff article? Mm. Well, I mean, I, I think you kind of have to take the player base into account. Now, obviously, we don't actually know player numbers because that's not the kind of information that they release. And any information that's publicly available is usually available through tracking systems that are skewed in one way or another. So like HS Replay, although it is obviously used a lot for Battlegrounds as well. We use it here on the show to refer to stats, but I would say it was first and foremost a standard slash constructed system. A lot of the people that have that tracker installed are living in that constructed world. And then Firestone is very similar, but on the BG side of things. But anytime we have those those people releasing stats on what their users are doing, again, asterisks probably skewed to their user base, um, Merck's is... Almost indistinguishable from <laughs> the x-axis. So, yeah. Um, I mean, as much as I think that, yes, these changes sound extremely impactful to not only the way that you play the game, but the way that you um, like the grind that the game is, as well as the economy of that mode. And it is probably very big changes that would hopefully entice people either back to the mode or to the mode for the first time. You're talking to a very, very, very small part of the player base that is still actively engaged with this mode. So I kind of understand why it's not a footnote. You know, it's not that bad, but I understand why it's like to the side a little bit versus front and center on Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah, it's they probably won't have time for this next week. They want to gauge the reaction to this because... If this doesn't work to reinvigorate interest into the mode, I do not think anything will. This has got to be a do-or-die moment for Mercs because this is a dramatic restructuring of almost every system around the business model. Mm-hmm. So if you like the gameplay and the, the structure was holding you back, they just changed it all. Try it out. And if you don't like the gameplay, if enough people don't like the gameplay, that this is not enough. I cannot see this mode getting continued support. Yeah. 
I yeah, we'll we'll have to see. Like, I hate to to say something won't get continued support, considering. Uh, like, I feel bad because I feel like we beat up on them all the time. But Arena's still around, right? So, if Arena still gets support, there's going to be at least one guy whose job is Mercs. <laughs> yeah, that's. But it might be one. Wasn't person. there only one guy on? Yeah, there is. There is or was only one guy on Arena for a while. <laughs> It's, I, it was rolled into part of final design, and there was like there were micro adjustments. Tian Ding did micro adjustments uh, based on a statistical formula that he figured out, and then when he left, that changed because he was the one doing it. Now he had other jobs, but yeah, there was limited support. Arena support seems to have perked up a little bit under the Matt London tenure and modes. Um, mercenary support. This is a lot of change. And it will probably indicate how much support the mode gets going forward. If this works, yeah. they'll put more people on it. And if it doesn't, I envision that moving the other direction. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's a fair, fair assessment. So uh those mercenary changes are coming again with uh 24.6. And then finally, we got a kind of a cool, like I think a really good change. Obviously, it doesn't impact Hatterai, but uh something I did want to talk about a little bit and mention is that uh they are now allowing new and returning players, and they clarified that returning players are those that did not play in Castle Nathria, so only the most recent expansion. I don't know if they've ever clarified returning players before, but I always thought it was like you had to be gone for a long time. Like returning players that didn't play Nathria have only been gone for a couple months. That's pretty crazy. Like this is pretty generous. I believe the specifics in the linked post here. It's 120 days. You have to be uh, logged okay. out for 120 days. So I, but I believe, I don't know. So this asterisk is kind of strange to me because it doesn't say that, but I also don't know how many days it's been. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head how many days it's been either, but it, it, Nathria hasn't been out for four months. Well, okay. Listener. If you think you're eligible for this and you hear my voice right now, we really appreciate <laughs> you continuing to listen to a Hearthstone <laughs> podcast while you haven't been playing. Thanks for being for here. You're wonderful. <laughs> I have no information to provide to you here, but I just think it's so wonderful that you're listening to our show without playing the game we're talking about. Please stay. We like you. <laughs> well, we do have information for them, though, because we have loaner deck information. So yes. um, players who are new or returning are now going to be able to test six decks for a week before having to choose one to add to their collection for free. So in the past, you have when you are a new or returning player, you have logged into your Hearthstone client and you've been offered a deck and they are like pre pre chosen, pre built, but they get added. They're free and they get added to your collection right away. Um, but you kind of had to do that again. If you are a new player or a returning player, it's like, you might not necessarily know what's good. You might not know what you want to play. So now you'll get all six decks available to you. You can play them and then make a decision after you've had a chance with a little bit of variety on the ladder. Um, you'll be able to say, I really enjoy, you know, mage or warrior or whatever. And then you can choose the deck at the end of the week. So I think this is a great change. It's really, really, really friendly to, to new and returning players. And I'm stoked about this. This is really cool. Even though it does not impact me at all. <laughs> it's, it, this doesn't have to be about us. It's yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it, I don't have student loan debt, but if I, if I did and I had paid it off, I'd want yours forgiven listener. That's what I want to happen. It just 
Okay. <laughs> That's a pretty good comparison. <laughs> Just because we went through an experience that was less new player friendly doesn't mean we can't be happy about this. And this is fantastic. There's no downside I can see. People always get analysis paralysis. Which new deck should I take? Well, what do you like doing? You make one choice. You commit to it before you play a single game. What if you don't like it? Easy fix. Try it. Fantastic. Wonderful. <laughs> amazing. Well, and it's not even like try it for three games or something. You get a week. If you want to play all day, every day for an entire week and try all of these decks ad nauseum, you can. There's no there's no kind of restrictions on how much you can play in that week. So, uh, yeah, this is really, and if you just want to play one and you find the, the first one you choose is the one that, you know, works for you, then you don't have to play the other decks. <laughs> there's no yeah. requirement you try them all. Like, it just... This is a great decision. I'm really happy that they did this. So, um, yeah, I think overall it's it's good for the players, good for the game. Um, but yeah, that that is the the patch preview. Um, so so any any kind of final thoughts on this kind of weird blog post? <laughs> this is what didn't make it for next week. How long is our show gonna be next week? Oh my god, like a hundred. <laughs> Uh, yes, a hundred whatever <laughs> unit of measurement you want. A hundred metric yeah, like, hours. She's Canadian. Know. It's got to be metric. So it's. Uh, I have no idea, but like this is the stuff that didn't make it. And as a, we can say this right now, we are doing our show next Tuesday night, the day of the announcement. So we're gonna freak out on air immediately after you all freak out at home. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be a global freak yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> it's wonderful timing. And the thing that we might be freaking out about is the thing that we talked about last week is that we have had uh, kind of more hints, more information, all kinds of stuff pointing to the D-Knights. So um, <laughs> we uh, there was a huge, huge, huge uh, Twitter thread put together by Imic? Imic. Am I... Am- Imic. Oh my god, I was going back and forth and back and forth and I was like, how do I say this? <laughs> to be fair, I haven't confirmed it with him. That's just what I say. Okay. <laughs> so I think it's well, pr- actually okay. pronounced GIF. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to assume you're pronouncing it wrong just because of that exact reason. Okay. Um, but yeah, so we, we have this Twitter thread linked in our show notes, but uh, they basically went and pulled every hint from the last like two years that has to do with death knights arthas lich king what might be coming in this expansion like it is thorough there are like i think 35 or 36 tweets in this thread with meticulously researched and <laughs> like it was compelling. all the receipts are there yeah this is like, like I SVU believe it. level investigation yeah. like I was <laughs> like I hadn't put all these things together because there are little things that you wouldn't think of like a few months ago we have recently been prototyping graveyard mechanics right like it's yes that doesn't mean anything but in the context of the, all of these things like you know why they did graveyards because death knights Death Knights or yeah. what? Okay, I follow it. I get it. <laughs> exactly. A lot of this stuff seemed to to kind of make a lot of sense. So we're not going to go through like tweet by tweet, but uh, some and some of the things are that we talked about um, last last week as like things that we had remembered. Um, but one thing, so the the reason why, and it, it's probably going to be really hard, and I shouldn't even try to find it, but there are a number of tweets talking about first of all how much of a fan of Arthas Dean 
is. I was going to say was just because he's not at Team 5 anymore doesn't mean he's like died. So I'm sure he's still an Arthas fan. But there's just so much love for Arthas. And there's a lot of talk specifically about um, single player and storytelling and, and what kind of characters would potentially lend themselves to the return of single player content to tell a story. And Arthas came up over and over and over and over around these kind of topics, which is why I'm wearing my Shadowlands t-shirt today. Because that's what this all comes together. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Shadowlands is where Arthas's story um, kind of got wrapped up and ended. And, Hearthstone is very well known, I think, for its ability to kind of bring together WoW's stories and tell them in a digestible manner. A lot of people hated, hated, hated what happened to Arthas in Shadowlands. And so I'm kind of curious, just from a kind of crossover player perspective, like someone who plays both games, uh, what, if anything, they will do. Uh, to, to kind of mention his his end, his his kind of, you know, <laughs> what happened to him in Shadowlands because, man, people hated it. <laughs> so I don't actually know. Oh, man, I don't I feel like I don't even know if I should like. Necessarily spoil it, uh, because I think a lot of people wish they hadn't brought him up at all. Like, that's how bad it was. <laughs> Uh, like, <laughs> so I'm going to go to the WoW Wikipedia page. I'm going to do that. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, so the, he was featured in, in really interesting ways in some of the like early expansion stuff. Like there was a, a kind of a moment when he died that was seen from the afterlife perspective. Uh, and it was an interaction between like him and Uther, and it, it was it was really really compelling. And then what they did with it after that uh, was not. <laughs> so uh, I'm interested to see if they bring Shadowlands content into it, or if they just kind of end with his defeat at Ice Crown, and that's where his story ends. Um, <laughs> that's how a lot of WoW fans would like it. I think. What is this? Why is this even in the game? What it, I, I don't know. I'm not reading what you're reading. It's, I'm reading a summary of what happened in Shadowlands, and it seems like he was used as a prop. Essentially, he was basically like he and his essence. Uh, so when you go to Shadowlands, well, we just saw with Castle Nathria, there's this idea of anima. So everyone who goes into the Shadowlands either like retains their form, but you also have like this... Your essence, I guess, is what anima is. It was a very kind of weird concept that they just needed an excuse for a thing that you were going to collect. But the idea is like the essence of the spirits power the Shadowlands. And so essentially they kind of like sucked him dry <laughs> and there was nothing. There was <laughs> they, nothing they left They sucked the D-Knight dry. That's what they did. That's what, that's what. They did. Yeah, you know, they did. <laughs> I think that punchline is probably better than any story exploration we're going to do here, <laughs> given the Wikipedia article that I just read. Why don't we just stop it here? I hope that they, they wrap it up at the end of, of Wrath of the Lush King. I think that would be... I was gonna, yeah, like, yeah. so, I mean, you just read the the summary. I mean, I barely remember. It was a while ago now when that kind of story beat hit. Uh, but was that basically... Like, he was... 
he was whittled down to nothing. There was nothing left of him or his soul by by the end. Um, so is that essentially what the WoW Wiki page said? <laughs> it's it said that like he was part of a sword, and then they insulted him while he evaporated. Yeah, <laughs> so that's basically it. <laughs> Why? Yeah, uh, this is not a WoW podcast. But I'm no. <laughs> inexplicably, I am now mad at your shirt. <laughs> yes, uh, that is uh, a sentiment shared by many. Um, but yeah, so so anyways, uh, they did talk a lot about how much they love Arthas and uh, how his story would lend itself to some single player content. And they have done a really good job, I think, in all of the the book of of the book ofs <laughs> and uh, telling those kind of wow stories in a Hearthstone context. And it was, uh, yeah, it was really, I don't know. He does have a cool story, Uh, you know, like Arthas was one of the big things everyone was looking forward to in WoW Classic, like going back to to the Lich King expansion. So, I mean, he was huge in the RTS and then it took them so many years to, you know, they went all the way through Vanilla, all the way through Burning Crusade before they finally dealt with Arthas. So, uh, so yeah, I think that uh, there's a lot of material there, and I look forward to seeing um, what Hearthstone does with it. If again, this whole big thread is is true, uh, there were also talks about uh, new minion types, and so the key there is here. There we go. I found it. Um, is that uh, there are new minion types in the sets that we have in test? That was a, a quote from Dean in uh, July of 2021, and. The S is the key because it was minion types, plural. And as of now, we've only seen Naga. So that leads us to believe that there should be another um, coming very soon because that was July 2021. And they usually have, you know, three or four expansions on the go at a time about a year ahead. So we're we've we've seen all of those (laughs) and we've only had Naga. So a lot of people are thinking because there's a lot of comments um, specifically to do with undead. That's the the next kind of piece of this gigantic puzzle. <laughs> there's there is so much here. The individual pieces seem insignificant. When you put them together, it is pretty compelling. But also, mm-hmm. it is very easy to do the Charlie Day standing in front of the bulletin board idea here. Yes. <laughs> very, very easy oh to my. imagine that we are once again painting ourselves into a, a corner here with a bunch of conspiracy theories, but it is getting pretty difficult to ignore Death Knight theories. I would say it is the most credible rumor at this time, and it is plausible. Yep. Um, they also talked about, as we talked about last week, a bigger than normal expansion is coming. Um, then they also talked about, uh, a new, or sorry, a, a keyword that was not evergreen is potentially coming back. That was in, uh, December of 2021. Uh, there we go. Oh, Celestalon. This was a Celestalon, not a Dean, uh, said there is a non evergreen keyword from the past. We're currently planning to bring back in the future as evergreen. And so, 
that has led people to believe, again, to go along with the undead minion type potential, as well as the rumors around Arthas and being good uh, for single player content is the reborn mechanic, because that's something that we um, that we have that we still have over on the BG side of things and that would potentially be a, a good fit to come back in standard. Um, so yeah, that's that was a Celestial on Tease from about a year ago now. We haven't seen it come to fruition. So we're kind of, all of these themes are coming together, as well as uh, that Celestial on had confirmed uh, that there are currently, uh, well, obviously currently 10 classes, we know that, uh, that the team thinks that they haven't found the line. They're not sure how many classes are too many classes, but they believe 11 classes is better than 10. I remember talking about this on the show. We assumed it was either a typo or a slip, but it wouldn't be a typo yeah. because <laughs> 10 is two numbers on the opposite side of the keyboard. Like you wouldn't hit, you wouldn't go for nine and hit one zero. That wouldn't be what yeah. happens. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so we do believe that they have other classes in the works uh, or at least that they're open to giving us new classes. Uh, and then they uh, did. And actually, this is a, another coin concede uh, call out shout out is that uh, uh, Ben Lee on the interview in March 2022 talked about how there was a big character coming this year. Mm. <laughs> I was like, I'll let you, you were actually in that interview. So I'll let you I speak to that part. You were there. <laughs> so when it was there, what happened is he said that a big character is coming this year. <laughs> Nailed it. Perfect. Okay. Uh, so you had a good summary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, is there anyone? And, and it's kind of hard for you, I know, because you don't necessarily spend a lot of time on the WoW lore side of things. But um, really in WoW lore, there is not a bigger character than Arthas. And yeah. I don't know if we've had a big character yet this year. Like nothing that I would say was really like central to the expansion. Like we did have like Denathrius, which I guess you could consider. He's definitely a big character in Shadowlands. He's an end raid boss. We got Sylvanas you know. a month ago. We did get Sylvanas. Yeah. We and got the jailer um, who was a big character. He's a 10-10. That's big. <laughs> <laughs> that is big. Uh, so, I mean, we've seen some, but I think like even those that we're talking about, like Denathrius and Jailer, like those are one expansion characters. Like I said, Arthas is, a you know, from the RTS all the way through Wrath of the Lich King and, and <laughs> even into Shadowlands, <laughs> if mm, we want to talk about that. Briefly, uh, but we don't. I, yeah, Neither briefly, do they, yeah. apparently. Um, yeah. So it's... <laughs> If I think about the big characters that are not represented yet, because there are very significant characters that we've seen in Hearthstone in various contexts. Most of them are hero classes. Most mm -hmm. of them. Um, like, it's Lillian Voss, I think, is a larger character than her cards indicate. She's gotten a couple cards, but she's a pretty big, like... A, she a, is, a, yeah. A solid, like, tier 2 plus character. But Arthas is... They made an expansion around him in Hearthstone already, but he got a Paladin hero portrait and the the a, the solo content adventure and a an actual like playable card, the Lich King, but not as Arthas. Mm -hmm. His absence is notable because the only other character that is on par with Arthas is Illidan, and we got Illidan already. 
Illidan was the other big one. We we really did. We have Tyrande. There's no monk that's a character anywhere near Illidan and Arthas. Yeah, that I that is a that is a fair assumption or a fair statement. Um, and then so we all they also talked about new card types again. This is a coin concede moment, uh, and it was plural. And so far we've gotten locations. So one and something else. And this kind of goes back to the rumor about graveyards is maybe graveyards isn't what we've seen in other card games, as in a a thing that the game has, like a feature that the game has, as opposed to something more akin to locations or or something like that. But but basically graveyards might be a playable card thing, a, a collectible thing, as opposed to a phase of the game or like a a location in the game i feel like i can't use the location word because locations are now a thing but do you know what i mean like yeah it's not a it's not like a a deck hand board graveyard thing you can't (laughs) it's it's not a different thing that you can put in your deck um we did get objectives which are like a spell but also kind of a quest which Mm kind of sort of a card type but not in the way that people were excited about it was a cycle it wasn't like a thing that they just do all the time well and i would say it's not the same i would say that the new type if if we're thinking of locations as a new type you know we got a a new border a new like art they had a new function they were uninteractable except for with very very few minions um you know like locations were new yeah (laughs) so um i think it it depends if you're thinking of it in line with a like expansion keyword or if you're thinking of like a new card type being something totally new like locations were in nathria yeah and i would lean more towards like locations but I don't know if you can do more than one thing like locations a year. So I don't know if that'll also be in this upcoming set. If it does, it'll be a crazy set. Mm-hmm. But we're expecting uh, a crazy set. Yes, we are expecting a crazy set. We're expecting a bigger than normal uh, set, which uh, is crazy. Uh, and then uh, there was one, and I'm trying to find it very specifically because... I definitely recognized who it was that asked this question that Celestalon responded to. So I want to make sure that I find it. And now I can't find it because this thread is too freaking long. <laughs> uh, but basically, someone whose Twitter photo I recognize because I'm fairly certain they're a fan of Angry Chicken and I can't find it. Damn it. Was about the <laughs> I really wanted the to give them a shout out. Uh, yeah, it was Uther in the Ebon Blade. You gotta yep. show more replies, I think. I think it's like reply number three. Oh, it's or something. further down? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I think. <laughs> I thought it was after, or I thought it was before the the art. So we'll talk about the art for a second, too. Um, so they there was Datamind art, which looks like a new class, potentially Death Knight. It doesn't say anything on the art itself that I can tell that actually um, like indicates Death Knight. It's just a new class color that we haven't seen before. Um, and so there's no reason for it to be in the game if we're not getting a new class, right? Like, regardless of what the class ends up being, there's there's no reason to have this other than it's going to be a death knight. <laughs> or it's going to be a new class. Sorry. It's, I mean, you can just say it at this point. Like, this is what we think Well, is I mean, this happen. whole thread is about yeah. the D-knights, right? So, you know, yeah. I can't... <laughs> I'm trying to trying to make it as ambiguous as possible, but we're literally talking about Death Knights right now. So we're going to just call this Death Knights because, yeah, 
and then so we did have another tweet, if I can find it here, that Celestalon replied to. And why can't I find it? <laughs> it's literally not in the thread anymore. Yeah. I, I can't know find it I saw it earlier. Okay. Well, anyways, there was there was a tweet uh, from a fan who I'm sure is a fan of the Angry Chicken, and I'm sorry I didn't shut you out. If you're in the chat room right now, tell me. Um, but yeah, so asked to have Uther of the Ebon Blade put into the core set, and Celestalon's reply to that was no, but dot dot dot. Which this kind of goes back to the theory that the um, the Death Knight hero cards might be the special event that is coming. I found it. Uh, Adam Noodleman. Adam Noodleman. Adam, thank you. I put it into the stream chat. Excellent. Adam Noodleman, thank you so much for asking that question. (laughs) I'm glad that Hat found it. Um, Then we have the Year of the Hydra roadmap, which still has a lock. If I click on this, is it going to? Yeah, it broke. Dang it. Uh, But there is a lock in phase three and a lock in phase three that still hasn't been revealed could very well be a new class. And then finally, today, (laughs) I think it was today or yesterday. Now I can't remember. Um, Oh, the 27th. So yesterday, uh, the official Hearthstone Twitter account tweeted out. There's a slight chill in the air and updates are on the way. And that was the kind of teaser from them about the blog post that we talked about earlier. So a lot of people are pointing to a slight chill in the air as being, I mean, first referential of fall. Obviously, it's getting a little chilly outside, but um, thinking that that could potentially be yet another uh, kind of hint pointing at uh, D-Knights coming into Hearthstone. And I think, I mean... (sighs) I know I was really down on this last week and I got really into the idea of evokers, but um, it's kind of hard to ignore all of this. <laughs> like There is so much that is pointing to them. And I still I, I still stand by everything I said last week about, you know, the event and bringing back the hero cards. And I think if it's a, if it's a short term and they're going away in the expansion and not going to stick around for the expansion, it's probably fine. But I would still want to like focus a little more on the on the new stuff as opposed to bring back the old stuff. But, you know, whatever. Um, it's hard to ignore at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's and none of these point to evoker, unfortunately. So our yeah. crackpot <laughs> theory does not seem to be supported by any particular illusions because if this is the kind of hinting they're doing, which is more significant in retrospect when we look at it all together, if mm-hmm. they were simultaneously releasing a new class in two different games at the same time, they would have been unable to hold themselves back from dropping hints. <laughs> we would know it by now. Yeah, I think so. And so, I mean, this is... I, I'm so sad. I mean, to be fair, all this evidence pulled together is very like death knight leaning right like there is no equivalent evoker thread maybe i'll write one maybe i'll go through all of twitter from the last two years and i'll pull out all of the things that point to evoker (laughs) or maybe i'll just go through this tweet thread and everywhere it says death knight i'll just delete it and say evoker (laughs) here's an alternate plan why don't you have some wine that's, that's a better plan, honestly, a much, much better plan. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's kind of all the evidence that has been uh, pulled together. Again, the link to the Twitter thread that we've been talking about is in our show notes. 
go and check it out. It is meticulously researched. There's even a tweet at the end that says, like, here are links to all of the things that I like screen cap to make this thread. So again, all the receipts are there. If you're interested, go check it out. Uh, We will have coverage of the expansion announcement on Tuesday. Again, we are recording on a special night next week as well. Still going to record around the same time, 8 p.m. Eastern. But uh, yeah, we will be talking all about the expansion announcement, which is supposed to happen in the reveal stream, which again will be on Twitch on Tuesday, November 1st at 10 a.m. PST. So uh, do go check it out. Uh, Now we've got some strategy talk for you. Hit it very hard. You want to blow something up? (laughs) (laughs) Time to pay. We're going to talk all about Naga Priest, which uh, I mean, like (laughs) Hat can attest from our conversations in Discord. I have the worst luck with the worst matchups ever. <laughs> I queue up with Naga Priest. Everyone's talking about it. it's so good. It's the best deck. It's so amazing. So fun to play. And I hit like worst matchup after worst matchup after worst matchup. It was bad. I did terribly with this deck, but it's the best deck in the game right now. I'm just shite. <laughs> As I will say I wrote the show notes. I wrote down the matchups and all that. You're like, okay, I'm going to go grab it. It's the the line for Quest Priest says, Endless Yucks Forever in our worst matchup. Everything they do stops everything we do. Joss queues up. First game, she says, I got a Quest Priest. This this objectively happened. It's it this is this is not a commentary on play skill. It's not a commentary on anything other than I wrote down the worst matchup and then it happened to her. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then then I queued into a uh big small mage. You did Shaman, you hit Paladin, you hit Big Spell yeah. Mage. It's the four <laughs> bad mashups in the show notes were your first four games. Yeah. And I was you just like, I'm the, terrible the live at this. Updates. That's, that, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that that's your fault. <laughs> well, I appreciate the support. <laughs> yeah, of course. And you can win the bad matchups sometimes, but like I wouldn't expect someone to learn the game and also farm through the bad matchups. And also, even if you know what you're doing, sometimes you still, like most of the time, you still lose those matchups. So, Naga Priest, if you've played against it, you know what the good draws look like. And really, uh, what it comes down to is that both Serpent Wig and Boon of the Ascended are messed up cards. And Boon of the Ascended is one of the best cards that Priest has access to in standard right now. There are multiple decks built around it. But the short, short version of Naga Priest is, what if Librum Paladin could just kill you from nowhere? That's kind of what we're looking at here. Very minion-focused, pretty good at generating resources. Librum of Wisdom, Serpent Wig, pretty similar. But also you have Bless and Pelagos, and you can just kill people, and you have Boon of the Ascended, and you can just make a giant taunt and double all of your stats, which are already pretty substantial. That's kind of the appeal here. It's a very board-based deck. It cannot kill you if it has no board. If it has no minions in play, you will not die, because it's just it doesn't have anything that does that. Which is why those, which is why those matchups are so terrible. Is that yes. it was just removal everywhere. I also got a uh, a control warlock, which basically Ugh. did again the exact same thing. It was like it had nothing to do with actually killing me. I just ran out of stuff, and then I was sitting there with a bless in my hand and no cards in my deck, and I just gave up. <laughs> yeah, it's 
it can feel demoralizing to fall off the board and then just feel like, hey, I'm never coming back on board. But if you have a 1-1, you can hit for 25 late game. Yeah. That's a thing you can do. Take some practice. This is not the easiest deck in the world to play. But with practice and with experience and with the right draws, you can turn a 1-1 into a lethal threat in the same turn. Right. And well, and the thing is, too, um, this deck has gotten a lot more support. So this is a deck, obviously, that came out when Naga came out. Um, Serpent Wig is something that came out with Naga, as obviously all the Naga. Uh, but they didn't have access to Pelagos or Boon of the Ascended in the last expansion. And so this has been a kind of an up and coming deck, I guess, that saw all its pieces fall into place with the latest expansion. Yep, and Cathedral of Atonement, the location as well. Three cards and right. a ton of stats. Right. Huge, huge deal. In Voyage, this was a deck with ridiculous mulligan stats. And ridiculous, I mean, like, silly, goofy looking. Because it would be like, <laughs> Wig, 65% win rate. Thrive in the Shadows, 58% win rate. Everything else, bad. Those were, yeah. like, you either drew Wig or your deck didn't work. We're no longer that deck. Do you want Wig? Yes. You don't keep Thrive anymore. And you can win without it, I promise. There are a lot of different ways to win without it. The meta has changed, but also the the, the deck got a lot more support in very powerful cards. So what we're trying to do with this deck, the general idea, we are a minion deck with combo potential. We are not a combo deck that plays minions. We are a minion deck with combo potential, but nothing good happens till a minion hits the board. So if you're playing this and you're thinking about, I lost this wacky combo turn, I want to do that to people, that will happen some games, but that's not what we're trying to do. What we were trying to do is play Vicious Slither Spear on one, and then good things happen after that. That is the dream. <laughs> you want to play your one drop, the only one drop in the deck, and it's really, really good. And then you want to do stuff, and then you want to kill them. But you're going to be developing threats over time, you're going to be playing stuff on curve. This is not a deck where you're going to hold back on your threats the vast majority of the time, you're going to play stuff, you're going to do stuff, and the combo potential will come with it. That's definitely something that I did incorrectly in my first couple of games. Not that I really thought I was going to win anyways, as we already talked hmm. about. I had bad matchups in my first few games, but um, I was definitely thinking of it as a combo deck, as like I need to save my Naga because I need to wait till I have wigs so I can activate them. And if I play my Naga, I'm not going to have any more Naga. You have so many Naga. You don't need to hold them. There's <laughs> there a will lot. always be more. <laughs> Your hand has a lot of cards in it most of the time in this deck. They added, so Handmaiden, Cathedral of Atonement, uh, uh, a like, your hand has cards in it all the time, and Serpent Wig doesn't use itself up. So Serpent Wig, to remind people that haven't played with it, um, one mana, give a minion plus one, plus two. If you played a Naga while this was in your hand, add a Serpent Wig back to your hand. So you get into this rhythm of Naga Wig, Naga Wig, Naga Wig, and you don't really want to play a Wig unless it's going to come back to your hand. Though you can play the Wig on non-Naga minions, like your Radiant Elemental or Pelagos, mm -hmm. and do pretty well with that. Uh, but it's people think of both Naga Mage from last expansion, which was very much this hold up and pop off deck, or Blessed Priest from this expansion, which is very much a hold up and pop off deck. Naga Priest is in the middle of those, but doesn't really play the same way as either. This is Liberum Paladin Combo Priest. Very, very incremental board development. It's a big, big deal. 
and you want to get value out of your wigs, but don't go crazy with that. If you have a yellow wig, but you need to play a minion, go ahead and play your Naga. Go ahead and play your school teacher on four. It's fine. The goal here is just to make minions that are bigger than what your opponent can deal with, double them with boon, and then play a bless on something and kill them in the face. <laughs> I feel like so much of the strategy sections when we actually go into how to play a deck are like it boils down to kill them in their face. <laughs> stop. Stop waiting. Just kill them. <laughs> if they're dead, then you win. And if they're alive, yeah. then you can lose. Honestly, I feel like and, and not that we're going to go too far crazy off into this tangent, but I feel like that's what I like so much about Marvel Snap is I know that there's six turns and that's it. So it's yes. like there is no waiting for later. There is no holding on or not or, you know, like you have less opportunities to, you know, like make the wrong choice because <laughs> you just have to play your cards because there's only so many turns um, and Hearthstone with an infinity. Well, not infinity turns, but, you know, with so many turns that you never get to or normally don't get to unless you're in a control warrior mirror from four years ago <laughs> you know like most people don't ever see that so the fact that there like could be five more turns makes me think what am I going to do for the next five turns instead of can I kill them now <laughs> I try to plan way too much it's like how when you watch a movie if a if something like if something terrible happens 20 minutes in, you know it's going to take a while to figure out. But if something terrible happens an hour and 40 minutes in, you're like, well, they got to figure this out quick because the movie's almost over. You know when the <laughs> end is happening, so it changes yeah. your perception and your actions. Um, whereas mm -hmm. in Hearthstone, it's, you know, it's open-ended. You have to make your own ending. And with Naga Priest, once you get going, if they're going to die in two turns, stop trading. Hit them. Mm. Make them trade. Make them do it because your numbers get pretty wacky pretty fast. You're able to make really big numbers. The The downside of this deck right now, of it being the most popular, or not the most popular, of it being the highest win rate, it's specifically not popular, which continues to baffle me because it's been really mm. good this whole expansion. And people, for some reason besides me, don't like playing it. I don't know if it's that people don't like playing it. I think it's maybe um, that they have a mentality that I did going into it with my first few games is that I was playing it like the the hold everything, which is not the good way to play yeah. it. And then if you're holding everything, even in your best matchups, you're not playing your deck correctly, which means if you're not playing your deck correctly, you're not even going to win those best matchups because they're best when you do it right. <laughs> right. So if you're doing it wrong, then you're going to lose and you're going to look at that and say, oh, man, you know, I'm supposed to win against most druids, against most rogues, whatever. Um, and I'm not winning. I'm terrible or the deck is bad or whatever. I think there's a, a bit of that for the people who have actually tried this version of the deck. And I think that there's also conversely, when Naga Priest was first a thing in Voyage, there was a lot of talk about how the win rate was, you know, so low, but the deck was so good because it was so hard to pilot. And it was this crazy, ridiculous combo thing. And like you said, you needed wig or bust. And it was a very polarizing deck in terms of like player skill and perception and everything else. So I feel like there's a lot of people who look at this and say, Naga Priest, I can't play Naga Priest. Like the win rate must be high because people who've been working at it for three months have finally figured out how to play it properly. I'm not going to be able to do that. So there might be a bit of hesitation because they don't understand that Naga Priest is a different deck now. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's more consistent. And that feeling of I fell behind, so I'm just dead 
it doesn't have to be that way anymore, but it was. So I understand the holdover. I understand it's the last expansion deck. And also, like, difficult to play minion-centric board deck in Priest. I understand we're just... All of those words are each cutting a section of the audience off. Some people will never play a Priest <laughs> deck, even if it's, like, super minion-dense. Some people will never play a Snowbally board deck that has trouble recovering when it gets behind. Uh, and some people will not play a deck that is difficult to play and has high APM. This can have all three. It doesn't have to, but it often does. There's a lot of math. It's very mathy. A lot of numbers. You have to be able to calculate lethal. And, like, it's you will generate a lot of damage very quickly in one turn. That's a thing that will happen. So you have to be prepared for math. Yeah, no, I say it out loud. It makes kind of sense. You're right. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I follow why maybe this is a little bit less popular, but it is the it's the number one deck on HS Replay at all ranks. Not by a lot, but it is the number one. I will say that uh, where I've run into a lot, or I've tried playing this deck more, there are a lot of people that want to beat decks that make big stats with cards that consistently make big stats. Equality and Primordial Wave are two really big ones. Whirlpool is another one. Like it's uh, all of what Quest oh, Priest wants Whirlpool. to do. Yeah, so <laughs> irritating because it's like it's it. Not only it kills your stuff, but it salts the land so nothing can ever grow again. Like it just <laughs> it's messed up. Although I mean, they should be dead by then. <laughs> Theoretically, ideally. <laughs> but they have double sharded the Naru. They silence all of our stuff. They have a lot of like they have Zyrella. They have healing and damage. It's you know, it can they have be stuff. How yeah. dare they have cards? <laughs> West Priest is an uphill battle. So what we're looking for here in the mulligan, Serpent Wig is your number one card. You want that. We're not hard mulling for it, but you want it. You want Vicious Leather Spear. Those are your two best cards that are always, always, always 100% of the time keeps. You always keep Wig. You always keep Slither. If you have a Wig, you can keep Murkwater Scribe. That's the two mana, three, two that discounts the next spell you play. It's pretty common to play that in Wig right away. Um, but... Sometimes you can, if you go turn two Murkwater Scribe, turn three Pelagos Wig, then you have an 8-8. That's big. <laughs> Seems that good. sort of thing. Yep. Um, if you have Slither Spear, I like keeping the location, Cathedral of Atonement. And if you're against a Warlock and you have a minion, a one or two mana minion, I like keeping Shadow Word Devour because it eats imps, and imps are tasty. Um, that's mostly it. If you're against a Druid, you can think about keeping Pelagos, but probably don't. I overkeep it, I'm pretty sure. Um, like it's against slow druids, it gets really big, really fast. And against faster druids, then, well, it does the same thing, but you have a lot more devour targets and it becomes something that's hard for them to deal with. But even then it's wig, slither, scribe, if you have wig, cathedral, if you have slither, start there. And then mulligan all the other cards from there, play your stuff. And then after you play a naga, probably play a wig, then probably play another naga. Then just keep doing that. Now, radiant (laughs) elemental... When you get Radiant Elemental going, all of a sudden your turns become these big pop-off turns, especially around turn 5, turn 6. Radiant's not a keep in them all. But if you get to like turn 6, and you have something like you have one minion play, Radiant, any Naga, Wig, Wig, some other Naga, Wig, Wig, then you play Priestess Felice, who resets for mana, when your Wigs didn't cost anything, two more Wigs, it can get out of hand very, very quickly. So what I recommend if you're new to the deck, as long as the wigs you're playing are yellow and you play the maximum number of cards possible, start by doing that, train that behavior of just doing the most things you can physically fit in a turn because more actions is going to be better than less. You will mess up the math. 
but I'd rather you play more stuff than less. Once you get used to it, you can start doing a lot of math and figure out if I play these two extra serpent wigs that don't go back to my hand at the end of the chain, these two green wigs instead of yellow ones, if I bless after, are they dead? Because that's six more damage. It's, it's, can I kill them with six more damage? Something you can start doing. But as a general rule, unless you're sure that's lethal, don't do that. This is the broad strokes overview. That's basically what we're doing. The actual execution gets complicated. It gets, you know, there are some challenges to it, sequencing, math, whatever. I'm not going to teach you how to play this in a 30-minute strategy section, so I want to give you the big-picture game plan. Go try it out. I think it's a fun deck. I enjoy it. I mean, like, <laughs> it's it's definitely fun on paper, and I think will be fun when I get more reps in. Um, it's It was definitely discouraging to go into the matchups that I did. I don't think I won a game with this deck. Um, and I didn't spend very much time with it uh, as a result, as opposed to Curse Warlock, where I'm go I don't even know how many games I played. It was tons, tons, because I was getting good results and I was wrapping my head around it. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, it was it has the potential to be fun and it's the kind of priest that I want to play. So I think that I'll get there with it. Hopefully I get there before a new expansion comes out and, and we're doing crazy other different things. But um, I, th I think it's it's a really good deck, and I think it's worth a second look if you haven't tried Naga Priest since Voyage. Um, did we do matchups? No, we, we didn't. didn't do matchups. Other than Lesson. to talk about how terrible all of my four games were and against yes. the worst. <laughs> yes. So the bad matchups are the decks that can kill yourself without caring about how big they are. Equality in Paladin, Primordial Wave and Control Shaman, everything in Quest Priest, and Rune of the Archmage and Big Spellmage along with a bunch of freezes. Um, the best matchup, the reason to play this deck, Warlocks, you destroy Zoo because you get way bigger than they can deal with and then you double it and make a taunt. Uh, slower Druids, we demolish. Uh, faster Druids, aggressive Druids, we're still pretty good there, but they can get under us if we have a slow draw and they have a fast one. Slow Druids, they cannot keep up. Uh, Relic Demon Hunters, the same way. We just... Anything with damage-based removal, we usually outscale it pretty fast, and it's hard for them to keep up. Most rogues, we don't love seeing Wildpaw Knoll, but we're okay with all the other rogues because they can't deal with the Boon of the Ascended. Mm. And if you happen to run in any warriors, be happy because they aren't. <laughs> I did have a game against a warrior. And how'd that go? <laughs> Not great. <laughs> oh, sorry to hear that. But again, like it goes back to my point about like your best matchups are your best when you're playing the deck right. I wasn't playing the deck right. I was playing the deck wrong. I was holding my stuff and I should not have been. So they they got on board. They did their stuff. They made their big guy and he charged in my face and that sucked. But I was not playing correctly. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, after having this conversation, I think um, it's worth a second look at the deck for sure. Um, one other deck I did go up against was Spooky Mage and... Uh, that one was just frustrating <laughs> because yeah. as as any minion based deck versus spooky mage because of their freezing uh, is definitely a point of frustration, I think, because you just never get to never get to do stuff. It's like, you know, you get location froze and then you get, you know, the um, flurried and, and all that kind of stuff that they can do with the freeze. I mean, this one even had blizzard. So and then they're also making the tutus, which, you know, do deal the to damage every time they die which if you're frozen for four turns 
<laughs> even if your stuff had 10 health, it's going to die just to random ping damage from the skeletons anyways. So, um, yeah, it's a, it was a it was a frustrating matchup, but I can see how if you got going early and quickly, you could get rid of them before they get to the point where they get to play all their freezy stuff. Yeah. And they also have mostly damage based removal, at least the 30 card list. The 40 card lists are a little tougher. Some of them play Rune of the Archmage. The 30 card list, what you can do sometimes is you can just keep going all in on one frozen minion and make it enormous and then boon it. And they can freeze it for like seven or eight turns, but they can't kill it. And then the turn they run out, then you kill them. Mm -hmm. So it's those games are incredibly frustrating and they take forever. And the satisfaction of killing the mage at the end almost isn't worth I said almost it kind of is. Um, <laughs> but if you can get your minion large enough that they can't attack through it because that's taunt with the boon of the ascended and also that you don't die and you're using your hero power on yourself every turn to keep the health total up, you can outlast their freezes. It takes a while and it's not pleasant to experience, but it can be done. But it's doable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think overall, um, it's, it's a well-placed deck right now. I think it kind of also probably depends on what rank you're playing because, um, if it does start to see more and more play, you're probably more likely to have an experience like I did where, you know, it's the top deck. Everybody who's trying to get past it is going to be playing the counter, which is going to be all of your terrible matchups. So I mean, just kind of play the ladder that you're dealt. And if you do see a whole lot of control shamans and quest priests, then, you know, maybe switch to something else. But um, everything else is, I think, winnable outside of the ones that can either transform your minions or remove your buffs in some way. So, um, yeah, I think uh, give it a shot. And if you guys want to let us know how your uh, Naga Priesting is going, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter or over in the Discord. You can also send an email to tackpodcast at gmail.com, which is what we're going to do right now. Hello? Hello, it's me. Hello. Um, just quickly, did you get my message? Yep. Oh. Hello, brother. <laughs> you can send your emails to tacpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up in our patron Discord. Uh, like King Duplis did. And uh, so King Duplis writes in and says, normally the mini set reinvigorates my interest in standard, but this time the mini set didn't do much to drive my interest after a day or two. Is that perhaps an effect of just this particular mini set that wasn't very impactful or maybe an effect that didn't make it didn't make many new archetypes or possibly just five set fatigue waiting for the sixth set of the year? Um, Hat, I know you have some thoughts on this, but um, I don't know. I feel like standard right now, at least for me, is in a really good place. I'm I'm having a good time since the mini set. So good place versus interest. Mm. This is this is a great expansion to indicate how balance isn't really what people are looking for. This expansion is super balanced right now. There were some ups and downs. It was not yeah, always there were sweat. some problem cards for sure. <laughs> I haven't been theotard in a while. Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> uh, it's, I'm I am excited for the lack of that thing. Yes, <laughs> feels weird to be excited that something isn't happening. Anyways, um, <laughs> but yeah, like the expansion is the promise of board based gameplay was met. There isn't a lot of combo, but there is everything else, and combo is coming back now with Rogue. If you want to play Rogue at a high level, you can mm -hmm. play Rogue at a high level. There's a lot of combo, and you can kill people and, and make some wacky screenshots. Um, but it's. 
honestly, I'm going to blame Battlegrounds. Quests Ooh. were quests were too good for people to be brought back by a, a mini set that was on the weaker side. The format's in a good place. The mini set didn't do a ton. This was not a super impactful mini set. Format's good, but it's mostly because of the cards that were there already. So I wouldn't say that this mini set, Mon Disorder, did not do a ton. Added some cards, didn't really give us decks. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Have we gotten decks in the mini sets in the past? I know I'm totally putting you on the spot with this <laughs> with this line of questioning, but I also know you're a Hearthstone genius, so I don't feel too bad about it. But uh, <laughs> have there ever been a mini set that's really, you know, given a full new deck? Anixia's Lair gave us Kazakasan, so that gave us a lot of decks uh, at once. Okay. Um, Throne of the Tides was also a little on the lighter side in terms of impact, like not none. It gave us Jackpot, which was a big deal. It gave us Shatter Shandler, which was a big deal. The Shaman set was pretty good. Um, the the Warrior set made a good deck already better. Yeah, see, like making like giving a, a class a couple of cards to play what they're already playing or making a good deck better, I would say, is is on par with what Ma and Disorder did. You know, we're not playing too many of the cards, but there were a couple of inclusions in already good decks. So I feel like um, the expectations of the mini set are maybe too high to say it you know should give me a whole new deck to play um i don't really think we've ever seen it really do that it might shore up a deck that just came out this expansion but i you know what i mean like i, I wouldn't expect it to to bring something fully out of the blue because again it's not that many cards so it would yeah. be a kind of a tall order unless it's something like a kazakasan which is a, a neutral legendary that gives that you something totally new. Yeah, the gun nerf twice. Uh, that gives you something totally new and crazy to do to the point that you're trying to find the classes it fits best in. And yes, Kazakistan might have given us two, three, four decks, but that doesn't really necessarily mean that the mini set did that, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know. I think it's a tall order. Um, and we don't necessarily want very powerful deck format defining neutrals right like that's when we get too much sameness the the phenomenon you're speaking of like the dangerous thing in any card game in any game really is when you design something saying okay this needs to be good because whenever you design something say it needs to be good you're aiming for a nine or a ten if you miss high it's problematic instantly and so you have to be careful about doing that so i agree that you don't want the mini sets to specifically say they need to make a new deck However, I do think the two this year, Throne and Maw, aimed a little low. And I think that's, that's noticeable because last year's mini sets were a big deal. I'm going to read a few cards to you. From okay. Wailing Caverns in Barrens. We got Fell Rattler. We got Lady Anacondra. Uh, we got... Okay. Uh, yep, we got... Let's see. Paladin sucked. Reese kind of <laughs> sucked. We got Shroud of Concealment. Perpetual Flame, Primal Dungeoneer, Wailing Vapor, Stealer of Souls, Unstable Shadow Blast, Crash, you know, the big turtle, uh, mm. Mutinous. That was from mm. the that was from the worst mini set last year. That was from Barons from Wailing Caverns. If you look in Dead Minds, which is one of the strongest mini sets of all time, just the Druid cards. Druid of the Reef, Moonlit Guidance, and Jerry Rig Carpenter. We're in the same <laughs> okay, that's, set. That's fair. <laughs> yep. Need for Greed, Doggy Biscuit, Arcane Overflow, Deepwater Evoker, Grace Age Parrot, Righteous Defense, uh, Amulet of Undying, 
Edwin, Blackwater Cutlass, Cookie the Cook, Brilliant Macaw, all the macaws, Wicked Shipment, Shadowblade Slinger. Uh, you get the so idea. Essentially, Mr. Yeah, so Smite. essentially, the uh, oh, Mr. Smite was a mini set too. Damn, Multicaster. So it's safe to say that the power level of the mini sets has definitely decreased. This year. This year, yes. Yeah. The two mini sets this year versus the three last year, I think it's a fair and valid criticism to say they were less impactful by design and they did what they were designed to do, but what the mini sets last year did was so much more relevant. Right, but I would maybe argue that the expansions this year have been really good. Like I feel like both Voyage and Nathria had really cool mechanics. Like Colossals were great. Locations have been great. Like the expansions themselves have created some interesting decks that I feel like that's a, a high bar for the mini set to reach. And I mean, if you have a kind of shittier expansion and then your mini set is great, it's like, but that was a low bar, <laughs> you know? So maybe the power is just shifted from... The, you know, last year in a lot of cases, it really felt like it was maybe a weaker expansion and a stronger mini set. But then this year we've kind of flipped that script and now we're getting strong expansions with then comparatively weaker mini sets because the expansions themselves were so strong. You know, like it seems different this year for sure. It's I agree with you that splitting up the power is a good idea. Um, Voyage as an expansion in general felt like lower power than what we seen last year towards the end of it but also way more powerful well, yeah, than barons. Yeah, that's a 6 versus a 4 though, right? right? Like and it's, yeah. compared to barons it's it's way way stronger and the game's got pretty wacky. It was, you know, it's a grindy four set meta by design because that's what four set metas are meant to do and it did what it was meant to do. Uh but it's definitely it was it was a lower power level than what I look for, but that's what four set metas are. That's what it's trying to do. Mm -hmm. But the cards that came out in the beginning, you know, you got your Naga Mages right away. They didn't make us wait for that sort of thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think in general, I agree that they're front loading the power, but if they're doing that, it begs the question of why many sets exist. Mm. Because if you make people pay for something for a bunch of new cards that don't have a huge impact and it doesn't actually keep the expansion fresh, what's the point of them? So, yeah. I I don't like the idea of releasing incomplete sets and finishing them with the mini set, but I don't like the idea of releasing low impact mini sets either. So uh, I don't know what to do. This sounds hard. <laughs> well, and I feel like the Hearthstone team is probably struggling with those same questions, given that we've seen kind of both of those scenarios. And I bet they're probably gauging the reaction and trying to figure out where that balance exists, where, you know, you don't want to to go too far in one direction or the other. So, yeah, sounds like a difficult problem. Sorry, King Duplass, that you're not feeling invigorated by standard because I do feel like standards is in a really good place right now. There are quite a lot of decks that are really fun to play. Not everybody is trying to do exactly the same thing. There is a lot of like minion combat and board based decks, which is really fun. And they delivered on their promise of bringing that back to Hearthstone. So, um, like, I think they've kind of ticked all the boxes and it feels really good the mode is fun to play right now the the you know esports are fun to watch and uh so more of this please um i i hope more people kind of re-engage and and whatever this announcement is that we're going to get on tuesday uh brings a lot of people back in if they have been a little disengaged over the last month or six weeks or or longer 
um, and and kind of come back and see what Hearthstone has to offer right now because I think Standard is in a really, really good place and it's fun to play. So um, I think that is going to do it for us tonight, though. So thank you very much to our Epic patrons for your support. Again, you can go to patreon.com slash tack if you would like to support Hat and I. You get access to the TAC Discord as well as a super cool project thing that we are doing next week that will be a patron exclusive for a little while. So uh, if that sounds tantalizing, go to patreon.com slash tack to sign up for our Patreon and get access to that as soon as it launches early next week. Wanted to say a very big thank you to our Patreon producers, Dustin C and Jarrett F. Thank you so much for supporting the show. The back catalog of TAC can be found over at theangrychicken.com and you can follow the show on Twitter at TAC Podcast. You can catch us live normally on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash jossplays. Again, we are recording a day early next week because of the expansion announcement that is happening November 1st at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Hat, where can folks find you and your stuff on the internet? You can find me on this feed like three times in five days because, man, we're going to put out a lot of content. I know. It's, it's crazy. Friday, Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> with that bonus episode on Monday, I'm not sure what's going to happen. If I can handle it, I might just snap. Um, so <laughs> you can find you can find the hub of my content at twitter.com slash ridiculous hat. I'm staying for now. And yes, I'm sad about it. And I don't want to talk about it. Uh, it's Twitter's dumb. Um you know, current events, that sort of thing. Yeah. But I'm going to tweet through it because that's what I've done for every crisis so far. And boy, there have been a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> I also have two other Hearthstone podcasts, Coin Concede, where we make the competitive side of the game more accessible to you, and a Vicious Syndicate, where we take a data-driven look at the high-level legend metagame. Joss, where can people find you, and where can people sign up for your extra life, which is going to be here on this channel? <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Twitch. I'm at Joss Plays. That's J-O-C-E Plays. And please do check out Extra Life. You can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2022. That is uh, because we at the Gamers Inn, hence TGI, do an Extra Life stream every year. You can catch me here on Twitch on Joss Plays. Uh, my co-host Ryan is going to be streaming over on his Twitch channel as well. We're going to do a multi-stream and have all those links and everything else over on Twitter, um, as well as obviously linked here over on Twitch. But uh, yeah, we're going to do our game day on November 5th. So that's coming up in just over a week. It's for an amazing cause. It's a Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. We've had some pretty successful years in the past couple of years. So please do come join us, even if you can't donate. It's totally understandable. The economy sucks right now. I get it. Uh, but if you can't donate, you can uh, help spread the word and you can be here and hanging out in chat it's going to be probably somewhere around a 16 hour stream. So uh, oh, very boy. much. Yeah, <laughs> would appreciate as many people and you can, you know, pop in and out anytime you want. Like I say, we're going to be going all day long starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Again, that is next. I also next November is <laughs> next Saturday, <laughs> November 5th. Uh, please it's, do check it it's out. It's <laughs> October right now. That is the yes, next November. It is the next November. That's true. Uh, so again, you can uh, go and donate at bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2022. Link will be in the show notes. But that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks for hanging out until Monday slash Tuesday. Job's done. Job's done.
done.